Hello, David. Hello, Graham. I got a joke for you. Oh, great. So I, uh, I wrote a book. <laughs> okay. On how to fall down. Th- that's going to come in handy later. On how to fall down the stairs. You did. Okay. It's a step-by-step guide. <laughs> goes in the self-help section. Your, your, <laughs> your jokes are beginning to emerge in there's like there's a genre of joke that you see that to appeals be, to me. That yeah, is beginning. Yeah it's, yeah, it's becoming clear. Um, speaking of which, what do you call a happy cowboy, Graham? But wait, I didn't get a rating. Oh, we have. Uh, it's a ten. It must be a ten. All right, uh, six and a half. Okay, that's good. That's great. Right. All right, what, what do you, I call a what? A, a happy, happy cowboy. cowboy? I don't know. A cowboy. <laughs> a jolly rancher <laughs> oh, good job a post halloween joke we both did great work this week we put in the work we both came out with 6.5 well, look at That's that it. look, at, look at that look at us you know what enough of the nonsense let's get on with the nonsense Welcome back to Withy Windle, a whimsical interactive show for kids who love stories, words, and grown-worthy jokes featuring your favorite authors and illustrators. Graham, this show is part book club, part game show. It's your weekly adventure through the wild world of, world of wordplay. I almost got through the whole season without screwing that up. I'm David Kern. I'm Graham Pittman. We have a great show for you this week, everybody. We have a, a uniquely special guest this week, which we're going to tell you about a little bit later. Okay. We also have, going backwards, riddle time, which means we're going to give you the answer to last week's riddle. And then give you a new riddle. Mm-hmm. Of course, before that, that's where the, the guest part is. Yep. And then lazy words. We got lazy words. And we got story time. Story time. And we oh. got snack time. Snack we got all time. we got all the times. All the usual Witty Windle time. times. Every time is encompassed in this podcast. That's right. Except but- sad time. We don't have sad time. <laughs> that's well, a different podcast. That depends on what you think of the guest later. <laughs> okay. But Graham, I think before we get into this this week's episode and we yeah. tell people about the sponsor and, and all that. Yeah, I wet think gym. we should wet gym. I think we should just <laughs> <laughs> it's not wet gym himself is now sponsoring. Huh? Uh, if you like your clothes drenched. This is no longer a podcast I want to be on. <laughs> Uh, we got to tell people about the next couple weeks because we got this week's episode. Yeah. Then next week we're going to have a you have a special guest on and do a normal episode. But then after that we're going to take a break for Thanksgiving. Yeah, we're we we need to take a little bit of time off. Right. We we've got Thanksgiving coming up. We've got um, an event here with Sam Smith. That's right. In town that we have to prepare for and do right. so. Um, we will be taking off the Monday before Thanksgiving and the Monday after Thanksgiving. Right. So so I know that this will leave you unthankful. This will leave you sad, but mm. uh, we might do, maybe, maybe we'll drop in for a little brief surprise episode. We'll see, you know, we'll see if Who we can knows? do something. Yeah. But then after that, we are going to make it up to you because we have an amazing uh, guest coming up and yeah. we have been, we have been plotting, not plotting is too harsh. We've been hoping, we've yeah. been dreaming, we have been <laughs> excited about this particular guest coming on. I'll give you a hint. This person has come on before. Ooh. But there's a twist. There's a twist to his to his return. So there's two hints. He's been on before, and he is a he. So oh, I can't tell you anything else because it's a secret. Like, we have been sworn to secrecy. We, we literally actually, cannot share it with you yeah. until after Thanksgiving. Yeah, that, that was the stipulation. That's another reason why we have to take a week off, because we actually can't play you that episode until a certain date. That's right. So we're going to, we promise it's going to be worth it. Um, and maybe we'll drop in for a little brief Thanksgiving what, what, theme. What surprise. do you think... Um, our listeners could do, let's say, on a Monday morning. Well, what could they fill their time with instead of um, with you? Leg wrestling, Le- just leg wrestling. I mean, that's just one thing you could do. Lawn bowling. 
Uh, Has anybody done lawn lawn bowling? Lawn darts? Lawn bowling where uh, legs are the pins. Ouch! But legs attached to bodies, presumably, unless you don't want Sounds painful, but yeah, okay. Well, you don't have to. You could use a. You could use kickball. You could could fill your your day with kickball. Kickball. Okay. Um, it's almost Thanksgiving, so you could uh you could uh run around your yard like a turkey (laughs) goblin, or you could do that 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 drawing of a turkey that use your hand to trace. That's right. You could. You could. Those are always cool. Well, you also could do turkey shapes using the you know how you uh, use you make shadows with your fingers behind a light on the wall on the wall shadow you could make turkey yeah and then you could make the gobbling noise you've been practicing in your yard you said turkey shapes i thought you were going to say turkey shaking which i wouldn't advise that people go find turkeys and shake them (laughs) although maybe it's fun sounds dangerous Uh, turkeys don't seem nice um (laughs) you could uh play pilgrims (laughs) yeah you could do that do do what david said you could Walk or on your hands. Or you could just read one, you know, a good book. That's true. You could read a book by, say, for example, Graham, S.D. Smith, mm. because he is the sponsor for this week's episode. Did you know, Graham, well, you do because I've told you already on the show, that the Green Ember series by S.D. Smith sold a million plus books? I did know that, and I've told a lot of people that. And now he has a brand new story with an old soul, which is something that everybody should be telling, everybody that they know, mm. because this is the can't miss first adventure in a thrilling new series. I feel like I may have just said they can't missed first adventure in a thrilling new series, which is also true. You can't miss this first adventure. Also, you can't miss it just for the record. <laughs> okay. So Jack Zulu and the Waylander's key is the name of this unmissable, unmissable <laughs> book. It's an enchanting adventure in the tradition of Tolkien and Lewis, as well as Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. But this fantastical journey launches in rural West Virginia in the 1980s with a half Appalachian, half African kid trying to escape the town he sees, defining his small, sad life. Jack discovers a gate hiding a city between 12 realms and finds out where he truly belongs in a surprising and satisfying adventure. This book is available for pre-order right now. And I have, I have it um, on, on a good, uh, good source. What's the word? I don't know what you're about that to say. The, that those pre-orders have been shipping early. Oh, I know that too. Reliable source. I know that too because I saw photos of them packing them up and such. So if you haven't already ordered this, then you, um, you, I don't know what you're waiting for. You can head over to jackzulu.com. That's J-A-C-K-Z-U-L-U.com. Sam wrote this with his son, Josiah, and uh, it's great. So I hope everyone will check it out. If you like the green number or you just like great stories. Yeah. um, Get on this. JackZulu.com. You got it. You got to get on it. Sign up for their newsletter and, and get that pre-order. And then come, you know, hang out with us in Concord on uh, November 20th. I don't know if there's any tickets left, though. Yeah, there's not a lot. <laughs> there might be two. We are super appreciative of our friendship with Sam and his brother, Josiah, and his son, Josiah, and their whole their whole gang. And um, so it's just we're thrilled that they're sponsoring this and we're going to get to hmm. do that event. And we're grateful for their partnership here on Withy Wendell. So I uh, just wanted to just wanted to say that because in the spirit of Thanksgiving coming later this month, it's something that I'm thankful for. So hmm. you know what else I'm thankful for? Lawn darts. Snacks. Should we do snack time now? I think we're in it now. Okay. What did so, you bring? You, you, you were in charge of snack time tonight. I was. I didn't know that. Well, I did bring the things. Stuff, so. I brought things that I love. And a couple of them, one of them I haven't had in a year. Really? One of them I've never had. And one of them I should eat more often, but I don't. Is the thing you haven't had in a year a cup full of an ice cube? It is not, but it will go into this cup with an ice cube. Okay. I was wondering why you asked me to get two cups and just put ice in them. So... 
all will be revealed. It is not okay. for this first thing. Okay. Which we both love Zaps. Mm, we zaps both love potato chips. We love that Zaps New Orleans flavor. Yep. Yep. We need uh if Zaps ever wants to sponsor this podcast. We'll do it for a dollar. <laughs> Three dollars. Three dollars <laughs> and a bag of zaps. <laughs> no, no, I'm thinking crates of zaps. Oh, crates of zaps. And a dollar. Right. Oh, right. Okay. A yeah, that's fair. Crate zap. <laughs> so zaps makes uh, our favorite, some of our favorite potato chips. Yep. Voodoo potato that's chips. Right. That's yep. a great one. Yep. They are now uh, venturing into the pretzel market. Oh my gosh. Are these, pre- these are zaps pretzel sticks. Zaps voodoo style pretzel sticks um, oh my gosh you like pretzels i do do you like hard pretzels i like all pretzels oh I my know, gosh <laughs> they're very good they're very good they get better the more you wow. eat um which i assume. honestly these are among the best snacks store-bought snacks we've ever had nothing beats the ones that people make for us of course this is but. the this is like um a zaps commercial this is honestly true life testimonial here. A better way to eat these than the chips. Hmm. You certainly get more volume in a pretzel style, and it. I th- I feel like you eat ten of these and you feel pretty good, whereas with the chips you just keep eating and eating right. and eating and eating. Well, I think that the seasoning is so kind of aggressive in a Thick. good way. <laughs> yeah, that it works better on the pretzel. Because you get the underneath the seasoning stuff, whereas the chip, it's just all the seasoning. I, I lo- Yes. I am a big delicious. fan. I I'm, appreciate you bringing this. I will be bringing them um, more and more. Okay. So the next thing is one of my favorite, like, cookies. It's a cookie. But is it a cookie? I think it's a cookie. Okay. I consider it a cookie. <laughs> I didn't realize until, I don't know, not that long ago. That this is like a div- a divisive divisive. Is this like a is a hot dog a sandwich question? Uh, no 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 no. It's not about the cookie itself. Oh. Uh, a lot of people don't like these, and oh. I was surprised. Ginger snaps. No, not ginger. Vanilla wafers. Oh, wafer. Yeah yeah yeah. Okay, so this is a wafer cookie. So it's like yeah. Thin wafers filled with this one happens to be strawberry. You can get them in chocolate. Open it? Yes, please. I love wafer cookies, and I, I thought everybody did. Apparently, they don't. So I know a lot of people that do not like these. Wow, these are okay. Yeah, and they're about. And I'm curious. They're like. Do you like a wafer cookie? I do, and you know, hmm. um, my dad. I grew up with these being something my dad really liked. And I can't remember which flavor. I think maybe whether it was chocolate or whatever it was, but yeah, hazelnut probably for your dad. <laughs> <laughs> probably they do make them in hazelnut, and they are good. So it's it like, says now baked with milk and eggs. So tip. Well, what was it before? Styrofoam. <laughs> um, Asbestos. So to me, it's like you take a waffle cone and flatten it out, and mm-hmm. then cut it into very thin strips, it and really put thin. icing in between it all. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why people don't like these. It's airy. Maybe that's why there's not enough. Like there's uh, texture. There's a ton of flavor to me, at least. Yeah, um, I like these. So if you don't know what, if if you still like can't understand what we're talking about, think of like a waffle texture. Yep, very in thin. A ti- but it's like a tiny rectangle. What would you call this? A tiny brick. Um. Yeah, it's like a tiny rectangle. So this says <laughs> strawberry wafers, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't say cookie anywhere on it. I would call this a cookie, right? Is this a cookie? It's a cookie. I call it a... I'm calling it a cookie. I think wafers fall into the cookie category. Um, I also 
sometimes wonder what it's like listening to a podcast where like for a long time, the mm-hmm. whole point of it is listening to people chew. Well, we get a lot of feedback that uh, people love snack time, so apparently it's okay. All right, lastly. Okay, hold on. Oh, wait. Here at Vortman Bakery, <gasps> says the packaging, Vortman. we believe cookies made with no artificial flavor, or no, no artificial color or flavor just taste better. That's why our bakers insist on using quality ingredients with exceptional taste and flavor in everything we bake. Baking really delicious cookies since 1951. That tells me, Graham, mm. that the people who make it believe they're making cookies. They do. And so therefore, and they, you're telling I, me, I vote with you. You're telling me this is real strawberry flavor? Because that's what it says. That's shocking at how <laughs> strawberry that tastes to me. Um, all right, lastly. Okay. For snack time. We had it last year. <laughs> no, lastly for the episode. We're having it this year. Show my word. Holiday Cheerwine Punch. It's a North Carolina staple. He's going to open it and it's going to go everywhere. No, no, no. I've got so, catalogs of I've books. A, He's... We've got a two liter of Holiday Cheerwine Punch. Limited edition. And if you listen to any oh, of the episodes a full year ago. <laughs> I'm going to let you do. Yeah. Um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you called them. Cheerwine is a um, North Carolina soda. It's got some cherry. It's kind of like a cherry cola. That was the most adventure cheer. that the show's ever had. <laughs> and this, I can't remember what makes it a uh, holiday punch. They add they ginger have, ale or something? I think they add pineapple juice. Oh, it sounds so good. Okay, here. It's in. basically like a dark red soda. Yeah, Cheerwine is, cheer is a cherry. I'm so sticky now. This is this is like my nightmare. You know how much I hate being sticky, right? Yes. Tell the people. No, don't tell the people. I don't want to hear of it. <laughs> One time, when David and I were driving on a road trip, right at the beginning of it, he bought a Dr. Pepper, and about 10 minutes into the drive, opened it up, and it exploded all over the car and himself while he was driving. I was driving. <laughs> uh, I would say, Logan, put in a soda exploding sound effect, but I'm not sure what you, where you would find that. <laughs> All right, we are going to take a second here. We're going to eat our, our cookies and our pretzels and drink our cheer wine holiday punch, and we will be right back with Lazy Word. <laughs> All right, Graham, we are uh, we're at the time where we, um, we... What are we doing? Why again? you sound so nervous? You look nervous and you sound nervous. Uh, we're here for lazy words, but um, listen, we each of the last three weeks we have been surprised. Oh, I know. We have been. Yeah. I have. I have been shocked and awed <laughs> by the arrival of a cowboy, <laughs> and I am. And you've been awed I, by I, his uh, Western knowledge. His Western knowledge. I am not going to be surprised this time by Glenn McCarty Graham. I am telling you, I am not going to let him <laughs> surprise me. I'm on the lookout. I'm on guard. You're on the range. I'm on, and you're on guard. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on guard. But you it's gotcha. time for lazy words, so okay. I'm going to um, keep an eye out and. Okay. Uh, Just make sure not to blink. Don't blink at all. Because <laughs> as soon as you blink, uh, this is hard. I'm very bad at staring contests. Okay. All right. Okay, I'm so sure it's not going to happen. So minute. you got, uh, yeah. He, I think he we're only, done. Yeah, he, he I think we're done. This is not happening again. Okay. All right. So lazy words. So last week. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, boys. I said I wasn't going to be surprised. I promised myself. Now I'm sticky and I'm surprised. <laughs> well, it's, it's hard when he drops in through the ceiling. I know. It, 
listen, it's Glenn McCarty. He's a great guy. He's the author of Tumbleweed Thompson. He's got a new book coming, and we're it's great to see him, and it's time to ask him cowboy questions, but I really wish he wouldn't surprise me so much. Let's do some trivia. Okay, Glenn McCarty, what legendary figure of the Old West eventually became the sports editor for the New York Morning Telegraph newspaper? Hmm. Black Jack Ketchum. That's a good name. Wyatt Earp. Matt Masterson, who is a recurring character in this trivia, or yes. Matt Dillon. <laughs> I believe it's Matt Dillon from the show Gunsmoke. I don't and know. also an actor. <laughs> yes, also an actor. True. I think, um, Matt Dillon's, I think Matt Dillon is the character from Gunsmoke. So maybe I could really ruin your chances here, but I think would. I don't just, think that's it. But did his parents name him after the famous old? That's true. Maybe they named sports him. editor turned sports editor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So old West <laughs> figure turned <laughs> sports editor. I think. I, I think I'm going to say our friend Bat Masterson. Bat Masterson. I mean, not just because his name is Bat, and then he goes to become a sports editor. It just seems like a natural fit, but or too obvious. The original. It's true. The original uh, Batman. I don't think it's um, Wyatt Earp. Bat Masterson yeah. wore a bowler hat. You know that. In the age of cowboy hats, Bat Masterson wore a bowler hat. Bowler. Sounds like an editor to me. Yes. <laughs> All right, Glenn, is, is Bat Masterson your final answer? Yes, it is. Yes, yes. Ding, ding, ding. Woo! He held a variety of jobs during his lifetime. He was a buffalo hunter, hunter, a lawman, a gambler, an army scout, a U.S. marshal, and then the sports editor for the New York Morning Telegraph. He Just also because. was friends with uh, Teddy Roosevelt. I like mm. how, you know, history is interesting. Um but I mean, our friend here, Bat, he could have been the the editor for the Telegraph for like three days and done such a terrible job that he was immediately fired. True, but now we're recognizing him as uh, this part of his CV now. Wouldn't it be funny if Bat Masterson did all those jobs and then he uh, died by getting hit by a foul ball <laughs> <laughs> covering the covering the Yankees? Uh, <laughs> it's been long enough that yes, that would have been funny. <laughs> true the way you said it it's really not that funny but yeah. i guess yes yes yeah. that's true. Over, it's over 100 years ago that's exactly fine. yeah 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 I don't, I don't think it's true either so. okay <laughs> glenn mccarty what did crazy horse the famous yeah. native american warrior and, and, and chief keep behind his horse's ear Ooh. a a stone b gum <laughs> b a bone or d a gold coin. Oh boy! I just want to say, in all transparency, I have absolutely no idea. This is going to be a guess. Um, so it's just a question of what would be the most fun to guess. I like the idea of having him having gum behind his horse's ear. That's that's just great. You know, maybe a little ABC gum. You know, that that seems like a good idea, right? You chew it for a while, then you're in the midst of a fierce battle. That one seems obvious to me. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you would like get a stone or a, I I don't know. What are the other ones? A stone, gum, a bone, or a gold coin. A bone. Gold Mm. coin sounds kind of like, like some sort of amulet or like a superstition. I want that. I guess bone could be that too. But, you know, I don't even know like the origin when chewing gum or some kind when, when that kind of gum came around. Yeah, he might, might he might predate the era of Wrigley's chewing gum, but I well, really want it to be true. Invent gum for his soldiers. Who Napoleon? Oh, wow! Or the or the, or the Mexican army? I've never Anna. I've never heard any of, of those these. guys. 
I believe, invented chewing gum or or perfected chewing gum to give to soldiers so that they would be less hungry. Wow. Huh. I thought it was Mr. Wrigley. Well, I mean, he probably then commercialized it. Or Mr. Juicy Fruit. Anyway, so are you going gum? I'm going gum, yeah. Okay. Glenn, I'm sorry to say it is not gum. Uh, what would be your yeah. second guess? My second guess, I think, would be a bone. No, sir. Oh, boy. Now we're down to my... That's just sad. I'm down Okay, to a coin guess. or a stone. You're, and how do you even keep one of these behind an ear? I assume you tie it. Oh. <laughs> by a, by oh. a leather twine. <laughs> how about... How about... A gold coin. No. Oh, come on. I'm sorry to say it's the least interesting one. He received a black stone from a medicine man named Waptura to protect his horse, which was a black and white pinta named Inyan, meaning rock or stone. Ah, so it was like a like a talisman kind of thing. Well, yeah, it should have said a black stone given to him by medicine man. Yeah, just just picked it up and was like, "Wow, I really like this rock. I'm just going (laughs) to tie it to my horse's ear." But yeah, that's a much. This is that's a much better fact. Okay, Glenn, last question for you. Glenn, how long did the gunfight at the OK Corral last? You said you read a book about this. I did. I did. I should not have said that. Now you're 30 minutes. B, 13 minutes. C, one minute, 13 seconds. Or D, 30 seconds. Probably the most famous gunfight in the history of the West in Tombstone, Arizona. Right. Well, I I did. I do remember that it was it was short. The question was. (laughs) <laughs> how short some of those choices are very short um one minute 13 seconds 30 seconds 13 minutes so are you discounting 30 minutes no i'm not i'm, I'm i think i'm gonna go 13 minutes it seems like a nice happy medium between so final answer yes are you sure you want that to be your final answer <laughs> no, i'm having second thoughts um <laughs> now that you mentioned it um I'm going to go 30 minutes. Are you sure you want that to be your final answer? 30 minutes seems like a lot of ammo. That's true. That's ridiculously long. Why did I even say that? <laughs> I should not have said that. Watch, yeah. that's going to be the right answer. I'm, I'm confident. I, I'm well, going to prove the day that I said this, but I'm confident it's not 30 minutes. Dave is over here playing mind games with Guys, me now. There's a movie about it, and they didn't, like, it only, it's a small portion of the movie, so. It's like, right, two, right, like right. two shots, seven movies about it. <laughs> right, right. Okay, um, let's, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 13 minutes. That's what I'm going to go. Okay. <sighs> that is wrong. What's your second one? It's, it's the one that's, like, shorter, just shorter than 13 One minutes. minute, 13 seconds? That's the one. No, sir. Are you... Un- Gunfight at the OK Corral was a 30-second shootout. What? Okay. It took place at 3 p.m. on Wednesday, October 26, 1881 in Tombstone, Arizona, and it is regarded as the most famous shootout in the history of the American Wild West. Yeah. Gunfights, I think, last a lot less time. It's either a pin down or a gunfight, and most of the time when you're standing in the middle of a street, I don't think anyone really wants to be standing there while people are shooting at them for too terribly long. 30 seconds, definitely... They really made something out of out of that, though. Yeah, yeah. it seemed like this was an okay shootout. That's, Just okay. Yeah, yeah. Just Good okay. Just one. okay. Was there any gunfight at the Awesome Corral? Because I bet that one would have lasted longer. <laughs> <laughs> that's in that's in Glenn McCarty's new books. Oh, hmm. yes. Inspired by an unrelated historical event at the OK Corral. This we improved on it. We really just stepped it up. Like no, it's 30 exactly. minute gunfight with gold bullets. 
<laughs> and werewolves. <laughs> okay, Glenn, tell us about book two of the Tumbleweed Thompson world, the Tumbleweed Thompson universe. Uh, what's the what's the MCU title of Tumbleweed? The, the, um, we're kind of going with Tumbleverse at this point. Tumbleverse can <laughs> quite have the same ring as MCU, but um, it's pretty pretty good. I love yeah. it. So, book two is called The Golden Road of Tumbleweed Thompson. Tell us about this. That is correct. Yeah, it seemed like not too long after the Misadventure Summer Tumbleweed Thompson came to be, um, which is. Almost four years now, um, which is crazy. It just seemed like there were so many other depths and dimensions to the story of Eugene and Tumbleweed that, you know, to be explored. And so it didn't take long to sort of start thinking about what would happen next to Eugene and Tumbleweed. And so, yes, um, the adventure continues. The misadventures continue uh, in The Golden Road of Tumbleweed Thompson. Um, A sequel uh, takes place. About nine months after the summer of Tumbleweed Thompson and the, as you mentioned, um, the Kickstarter campaign, the chance to pre-order the book is happening right now. Campaign runs until November 10th. Um, we have a whole bunch of cool things, soft cover, hard cover, um, some hats, some shirts, some really cool non-edible stickers um, that, that are, are part of the thing. <laughs> um, it's a great book. I am so thrilled with how it's turned out and Joe Sutphin is back to do amazing miraculous things with art to make the book nice. look even better and nice. i think i think anybody who has read and loved the misadventure summer tumbleweed thompson i really think they'll be thrilled to see physically and geographically where eugene and tumbleweed go it kind of we're going to take them outside of rattlesnake junction out onto the uh the open road so to speak but nice. also i think the 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 way that we kind of get into their character and they learn some some things about themselves and each other and their friendship gets gets deepened and tested. I think it's it's an awesome follow up, and I'm thrilled with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, yeah, we couldn't be more excited. And so the the Kickstarter, so we can actually help get this book out and get some cool stuff in the process. What is the link that we should go to to support this book? Yeah, I mean, all the usual places. You can go to my website, which is glennmccarty.com, um, as well as my my social media, Instagram or or Facebook um, accounts. We'll have links to that as well. Um, and all of those will take you to the campaign page, which, like you said, is a really neat opportunity to kind of get behind it, pre-order it in its early stages, but also um, kind of get some fun opportunities to uh, – maybe get some things that that aren't always available after the book comes out and hopefully that will be additions yes exactly um and hopefully we're looking at a a spring of of uh, 2023 when the book will be uh available so go support this book right now so that by the springtime you're gonna you're gonna have a new book from the from one of the leading experts in western lore currently working today I think after that trivia performance, there's no way anybody could doubt that. Really. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. (laughs) So the Kickstarter runs until when? Uh, November 10th, 30 days. Yeah. November 10th. Awesome. And then we have already talked to you about coming on our next, our spring season Mm -hmm. when the the book is out in the world. We're going to talk about that book and maybe, maybe, you know, just maybe we'll let you prove just how much knowledge you have about Western lore one more time. A few more months to bone up on your on your on your trip. I shudder to think of that possibility. I mean, that sounds awesome. That sounds great. Well, good luck with the book. Please, everybody, go support Glenn. Go join this Kickstarter and go get that that sweet swag and uh, and get your copy. Thanks, guys. 
Well, thanks so much to to Glenn McCarty for um, dropping in through the roof again. Ooh. Not ideal, but um, listen, guys. His book only has a couple of days left on the Kickstarter. Yes. And we need to get behind him. We need you guys to go to Kickstarter. We need you to support this book. We need you to help make it happen. Because without you, without us, it might not happen. We might not get this book out into the world. So if you loved Tumbleweed Thompson, or you're looking for a a literary cause, a bookish cause to support this holiday season, please help out Glenn McCarty get The Golden Road of Tumbleweed Thompson to the publishers to the printer so we can yeah. have it this spring this is a good thing you can you can kickstart it and then maybe you could even like print out a picture of the golden road of tumbleweed thompson because the cover's done everything's That's done right. it looks great it's beautiful put it wrap that up stick that in somebody's stocking and say hey when this comes out you're getting your copy bought this for you that's right exactly and and there's only there's truly only a couple of days left you cannot wait the last day of this is what wednesday the 9th i think something like that yeah, there's only a couple days left. So if you're listening to this on the day or the day after this episode came out, you go support Tumbleweed Thompson. We want to. We, we think it'd be really cool if the Withy Wendell community and the families who listen to this become a huge part of making this book happen. Mm-hmm. We would love for that to be something that happens. So, so you go to kickstarter.com. That's, right. That's right. And you search the golden road of Tumbleweed Thompson or just Tumbleweed Thompson, I bet. And it will come up. That's right. So pause this right now. Pause this episode. Go do that. That's, the most important thing on this whole episode. And it, it doesn't mean you have to give like a huge amount. You no, just, just like you're buying a book. Support whatever you can. Yeah, support yep. whatever amount you can. Um, okay, Graham. Lazy word. Yes, I'm lazy back. words. Okay, I yeah. know what's happening. Yep, yep. Last week, I presented the word show as the laziest word. <laughs> right. One yep. of the laziest words in the world. Yep. Um, a TV show. It's just, they're just showing you. It's right. just a show. It's, right. it's, it's real bad. Right. Okay. So Annika uh, said a new word for show should be relaxing, like relaxing and fun combined to make a noun. Dorian says it should be called joy light or kid crave. Sela says flat fun or silly screen. What if you're watching something scary, though? I guess I guess watching something scary on the silly screen makes it better, probably, That's true. right? It makes it more flat fun. Uh, James thinks it should be called Ento, a shortened version of entertainment. And because you are entering into the experience. That's really clever. Very well thought out there. Uh, Lucy thinks distractor. <laughs> William, nighttime bliss. These are very different. <laughs> yeah. Very different. Although in some ways, very much the same. <laughs> Anna... Portal of Imagination. Nice. And their mom thinks brain drain. Brain drain. <laughs> Turn on the brain drain, oh, come guys. On, mom. There's some good things on... Uh, there's some good shows. Out there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I see a- what you did there. Ava and Sophia think show should be called short cinema. And I think that's it for now. And if we didn't read your answer this time, please continue sending them in. We can only read so many. This week for Lazy Words... We actually got one. Somebody sent one in that is one I've been actually kind of thinking about for a little while. And I wasn't sure if it qualifies. So I'm going to need your help here. Mm. So Gabriel said... You need my help. I need your help. Yeah. Well, and the kids. They can also help decide this. So this this one... uh, So Gabriel uh, sent this in. And and like I say, I've been a little conflicted. Because on one hand, I... I think it might be the laziest word in the world, but on the other hand, I don't know. Okay. So let's say that you have woken up 
one morning. Okay, let's just say. Ideally. Let's just say. Let's just say. You know, a, a different. Well, sometimes it could be you wake up in the afternoon. Okay, fair. Yeah. Fair. Uh, you, you're going to the kitchen. You you got some tea or coffee brewing or steeping. Um, some pancakes on the griddle. Yeah. Uh, maybe okay. some hash. A hash yeah. brown or a hash cake. I don't know <laughs> you, if that's a thing, but I mean, you might, have, might be confused about um, hash, maybe <laughs> some sausages and uh, crispy bacon and some. Okay. You're okay. making a good old breakfast. Yeah, it's it's amazing. But to wash it all down, you need some juice, and the best juice to have in the morning is something tart, uh, maybe opaque and pulpy. It is made from a. I really want to say grapefruit just to throw something <laughs> red in it, but I see you're talking about Whoa. an orange. Well, hold on. <laughs> Are you saying there's a whole genre of lazy words? Wait a second. Grapefruit. Well, that's just a confusing word. I don't know if that's a lazy word. <laughs> yeah. Orange. Okay. So is orange a lazy word? Without without doing any research on this, I don't know. Is the is the fruit named after the color? Or did they name the color because of the name of the fruit? Because if that's the case, then the orange is not a lazy word. Then the color. The, well, the color might be. But I, so. Mm-hmm. That's like calling yellow banana. I believe it goes even deeper than that. Oh, no. Do we hit into a conspiracy? Are we in trouble? I don't know if it's a conspiracy, but I okay. think that there is, the, there is a place. I can't be in another conspiracy. In, there's a place called Orange or Orange or something like that. And it was one of the places in Europe that brought oranges to florida popular popularity no wait and, what and so that's why they called it the orange and then they named the color and i think maybe then they then in english we had, as the english language came to be we adapted it or maybe the color didn't exist until the fruit existed well, I mean, most colors didn't until color TV was created, so. Regardless, let's rename this fruit. What would you call an orange? You know, this is a great point. Because, like, apples, we've talked about this before. Apple doesn't just say red thing. Well, apples can be green. That's the problem. Uh, well, it's true, but orange, or orange. You can have blood oranges. That's pretty orange still. Yeah, but, like, it, there's, like, okay, fine. <laughs> I, I, I'm just assuming what you're saying. I is actually true. don't know anything about the French thing. I'm just making that up. <laughs> I, th- I think it probably has to do with um, so, something, a Spanish word or a Latin word or something like that. There, there's a, there is a place. I don't think it has to do with France, but I'm pretty sure there is a place that was originally. I'm pretty popular. sure oranges only grow in Florida. That's that's all I but know. But the color was named after the fruit, I believe. Okay. All right. So there's that. At least there's that. At least we know that. Doesn't matter. Rename this fruit. Let's just do it anyway. Okay. Who cares about the... <laughs> Who cares about the laziness? Yeah. Uh, yes. Let's rename it. And if somebody knows the correct answer of why orange is named orange, you can send that in to... Uh, or I could uh, just read it to you right now. No, I want to I hear it from the kids. They're going to do what I did. <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay. Um... So, if kids want to contribute their answers to to, rec- to rename this fruit, what should they do? Uh, they should write us in at podcasts, podcasts at goldberrybooks.com. And why not rename grapefruit while you're at it? That's a silly name. That's true. That's true. That's not a lazy word. That's a silly word. It's just it do doesn't that even one make too. sense. Yeah. 
That doesn't make sense. Maybe we've been saying it wrong all along. Grappe? Maybe if it was grappe fruit, we, it would have been correct. Eh, too snooty. <laughs> I would eat them well, even grape- less. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that fruit is too bougie for Graham. <laughs> all right, well, I that brings my nose at this one. <laughs> that brings us to the end of Lazy Words because Graham has a bad fruit taken. It's time for us to take a break and discuss it. Okay, we'll be back with story time in just a second. All right, everybody, we are back. It's time for story time. Graham is uh, filling his mouth with lots of wafers, so I'm, I'm going to do the story this week. I'm knee-deep in wafers. <laughs> knee-deep in wafers that he's then putting into his mouth and like making such a his, dream. <laughs> his knees less deep. Speaking of which, not yeah. about dreams or wafers. <laughs> <laughs> or witches. <laughs> well, maybe a little bit to do with witches. Uh, Halloween was the other day. Yeah. Last week. Yeah. Uh, did you, did you uh, sneak any of your kids' candy? Well, they're going to listen to this. Shoot. Um, well, did you? Okay. Put, uh, uh, I have a funny story. Okay. So what Great. we do is we came home. We hung out with you guys. We came home. Yeah. I let all the kids dump their candy out on the table. And then I said, you each can choose five pieces to to save, to put, to make them safe from everybody else. So they and the to, rest are communal. And then the rest go into a big bowl. That's what you did last year. You that had a communal bowl right. yeah. and you put it on top of the fridge. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. So this year what I've been doing though is I've been moving it around because the kids get smart and they find stuff out. They figure out where it is. Oh, it's hidden. Yeah. And well, because we have a three year old who just eats it constantly if we don't. So Right. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, also yeah. we have other kids that do the same box. thing. Yeah, safe. I do. I do, yeah. So <laughs> so we, I let each of the kids save five pieces, right? The ones that they wanted to like Preserve. Like, they're preserved for themselves. They, they, yes, and I okay. let them take them and hide them somewhere. And you ate all those ones? No, but then no. Lydia, who is three, oh, did. Oh, no. The next she morning, found the creme she, de la went, she went and searched and found everybody's hit, like saved candy and ate it. She knew, too. She knew. And then I said, What happened to yours? And she said, I ate it. She <laughs> so, ate her own, too. She ate her own. And then she went and ate the others. She ate 20 pieces of. Top shelf candy? Um, yeah, I mean, top shelf according to... E- On very, November 1st? Pretty much, What yeah. a good way to start a month, I'll <laughs> tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Worth the punishment? I bet she would say yes. Yeah, I, well, yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> that girl. Okay, uh, well, what this brings boy. us... I bet her day was crazy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Don't. I don't want to talk about it any further. Okay, so having uh, PTSD. Okay, <laughs> that brings us to this week's story, which is called Pinkle the Thief. <laughs> Pinkle the thief. Like, is pinkle a verb? No, like, I, well, pink, you, let's find out. Okay. Let's find out. Pinkle is like, is pinkle what Lydia did when she took their candy? <laughs> is she pinkling? Is she pinkling? Yeah. <laughs> so this is from one of it's and one of the stories that Andrew Lang collected in his fairy books. Heard of them? It was originally a Scandinavian story. Ooh. So here we go. Long, long ago, there lived a widow who had three sons. The two eldest were grown up, and though they were known to be idle fellows. Some of the neighbors had given them work to do on account of the respect in which their mother was held. Oh, that's nice. But at the time this story begins, they had both been so careless and idle that their masters declared they would keep them no longer. Oh, that's not nice. So home they went to their mother and youngest brother, of whom they thought very little, because he made himself useful about the house and looked after the hens and milked the cow. Pinkle, they called him in scorn, and by and by Pinkle became his name throughout the village. 
Do they give any reason for this? Uh, they do not, but I assume it's something Scandinavian. Okay. <laughs> like his, his ears are the shade of a, a salmon? Or, uh, or like the that. pinkle plant. Okay. <laughs> his, his nose turns the color of the pinkle plant. I don't know. Okay. The, his brothers are not nice. The, yeah, precisely. The two young men thought it was much nicer to live at home and be idle than to be obliged to do a quantity of disagreeable things they did not like. And they would have stayed by the fire till the end of their lives had not the widow lost patience with them and said that since they would not look for work at home, they must seek it elsewhere. Yeah, of course. For she would not have them under her roof any longer. Yeah, in Scandinavia especially. Yeah. I mean, it gets cold. They, gotta, they can't even chop wood. What are they doing? I know. Right. Exactly. Not very, not very Scandinavian of them, honestly. But she repented bitterly of her words when Pinkle told her that he too was old enough to go out into the world, and that when he had made a fortune, he would send for his mother to keep house for him. Oh, man. So he overheard this, and you did never let Pinkle hear. I know, I know. And and now he's going to set off, and he's going to make his fortune. And she'll be alone. And she's going to be alone. And that's why the widow wept many tears at parting from her youngest son. But as she saw that his heart was set upon going with his brothers, she didn't try to keep him. So the young men started off one morning in high spirits never doubting that work such as they might be willing to do would be had for the asking as soon as their little store of money was spent. But a very few days of wandering opened their eyes. Graham, nobody seemed to want them. Or if they did, the young men declared that they were not able to undertake all that the farmers or millers or woodcutters or whatever required of them. Because there's laziness in their bones. Right. The youngest brother, who was wiser, would gladly have done some of the work that the others refused, but he was small and slight, and no one thought of offering him any. Mm. Therefore, they went from one place to another, living only on the fruit and nuts they could find in the woods, and getting hungrier every day. Oh, so they all set out to make their fortune together. Right. Ugh. So Pinkle, had to, he went he's, with his he's mean tagging, brothers. And, yeah. He's, and they're, they're, you know what? I think his brothers might be named. What? It didn't name them, right? It didn't. I think this might be uh, Crispy Kenneth and Wet Jim. Oh my gosh, that just adds a whole new layer to the story. I think I'm going to read that with that in mind the rest of the way. Um, So just imagine Crispy Kenneth and Wet Jim. One night, after they had been walking for many hours and were very tired, they came to a large lake, Wet Jim, with an island in the middle of it. (laughs) From the island streamed a strong light by which they could see everything almost as clearly as if the sun had been shining. Oh, that's cool. And they perceived that lying half hidden in the rushes was a... Uh, a lighthouse boat. Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> a lighthouse hidden in the rushes. Mm-hmm. Le- big rushes. Or tiny small lighthouse. lighthouse. There you go. Yep. Let us take it and row over to the island where there must be a house, said the eldest brother. Wait, why is the boat glowing? Oh, the boat's not glowing. No, the light. Yeah, the light. The light, the, the the light is what allowed them to proceed. How they find the boat? That. The, oh, the light. Okay. okay, the light is very bright. Right. Like it's day. Right. Okay. Let, so the eldest brother says, let us take it and row over to the island where there must be a house, and perhaps they will give us food and shelter. Mm-hmm. And they all got in and rowed across in the direction of the light. As they drew near the island, they saw that it came from a golden lantern hanging over the door of a hut, mm. while sweet, tinkling music proceeded from some bells attached to the golden horns of a goat which was feeding near the cottage. The young man's hearts rejoiced as they thought that at last they would be able to rest their weary limbs and they entered the hut, but were amazed to see an ugly old woman inside, wrapped in a cloak of gold which lighted the whole house. They looked at each other uneasily as she came forward with her daughter, as they knew by the cloak that this was a famous... Surgeon. <laughs> Sturgeon. <laughs> <laughs> Scandinavia. <laughs> 
Which? Oh, of course. What do you want? Asked she at this. Maybe I should do more witchy voice. What do you want? Asked she. Yeah, I'm scared. Uh, yeah, I don't know. At the same time, signing to her daughter to stir the large pot on the fire. Mm-hmm. We are tired and hungry and would fain have shelter for the night, answered the eldest brother. You cannot get it here, said the witch, but you will find both food and shelter on the palace on the other side of the lake. Oh, palace. That's nice. Take your boat and go. But leave this boy with me. I can find work for him, though something tells me he is quick and cunning and will do me ill. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. What? She's like, okay, he came to my house, but I'm going to help you out. Go to the palace, but leave that one here, even though I got a real bad feeling. (laughs) Yeah, that's what happened. Okay. Scandinavia. (laughs) Okay. Okay. What harm can a poor boy like me do to a great troll like you, answered Pinkle. Oh, wow. Let me go, I pray you, with my brothers. I will promise never to hurt you. And at last, the witch did let him go, and he followed his brothers to the boat. Hmm. The way was further than they thought, and it was morning before they reached the palace. Now at last, their luck seemed to have turned. For while the two eldest were given places in the king's stables, Pinkle was taken as a page to the little prince. He was a clever and amusing boy who saw everything that passed under his eyes, and the king noticed this, and often employed him in his own service, which made his brothers very jealous. Things went on this way for some time, and Pinkle every day rose in the royal favor. At length, the envy of his brothers became so great that they could bear it no longer, and consulted together how best they might ruin his credit with the king. Oh my goodness. These brothers don't seem very nice. They didn't wish to kill him, though perhaps they would not have been sorry if they had heard he was dead, but merely wished to remind him that he was, after all, only a child, not half so old and wise as they were. Their opportunity soon came. It happened to be the king's custom to visit his stables once a week, so that he might see that his horses were being properly cared for. The next time he entered the stables, the two brothers managed to be in the way. And when the king praised the beautiful satin skins of the horses under their charge, and remarked how different was their condition when his grooms had first come across the lake, the young man at once began to speak of the wonderful light which sprang from the lantern over the hut. The king, who had a passion for for collection of all the rarest things he could find, fell into the trap directly, and inquired where he could get this marvelous lantern. Oh, send Pinkle for it, sire, said they. It belongs to an old witch, who no doubt came by it in some evil way. Mm. But Pinkle has a smooth tongue, and he can get the better of any old woman. Oh, he can get the better of any woman, old or young. Then bid him go this very night, cried the king. And if he brings me the lantern, I will make him one of the chief men about my person. Cool. I thought maybe. Dangerous? Yep. Sounds Love like it. a king. Pinkle was much pleased at the thought of his adventure, and without more ado... He borrowed a little boat which lay moored to the shore and rowed over to the island at once. It was late by the time he arrived and almost dark, but he knew by the savory smell that reached him that the witch was cooking her supper. Mm. Sturgeon. <laughs> so he climbed softly onto the roof and peering, watched till the old woman's back was turned when he quickly drew a handful of salt from his pocket and threw it into the pot. Scarcely had he done this when the witch called her daughter and bade her lift the pot off the fire and put the stew into the dish, as it had been cooking quite long enough, and she was hungry. But no sooner had she tasted it than she put her spoon down and declared that her daughter must have been meddling with it, for it was impossible to eat anything with the, that was all made of salt. Oh, uh, debatable. Go down, to the val- go down to the spring in the valley and get some fresh water that I may prepare a fresh supper, cried she, for I feel half starved. Okay, well, hold on. Yeah. He put some salt into her stew. Yeah. Okay. In my mind, that, that that's going to make the stew taste a little bit better. 
Do you think he like poured a sack of salt into like what? How much salt? Well, or maybe she's just averse to all flavor. All I know, <laughs> all I know is that there was enough salt. Enough salt. Yeah, he had a salt cellar, multiple salt cellars on his person. Maybe it was more than a salt shaker. Mm. And maybe it was all on the maybe top. Maybe he took the top off the salt shaker so that he, you know, like when you... And, and he, nobody saw him do this. Nobody saw him at well, all. He's he's, he's, cl- cunning. he's clever. He's, he's cunning. Cl- kind of cunning, yep. Okay. But mother answered the girl, how can I find the well in this darkness? For you know that the lantern's rays shed no light down there. Well then, take the lantern with you. Hold on. They have a cellar on an island in the middle of the lake. This sounds like a flooded basement situation. What's their sump pump situation? Scandinavia. Okay, well, I guess that explains it. Well, then take the lantern with you, answered the witch, for supper I must have, and there is no water that is nearer. So the girl took her pail in one hand and the golden lantern in the other and hastened away to the well, followed by... Salt Man. Pinkle the Salt Man, who took care to keep out of the way of the rays. When at last she stooped to fill her pail at the well, Pingle pushed her into it. And snatching up the lantern, hurried back to his boat and rode off from the shore. Oh my. He was already a long distance from the island when the witch, who wondered what had become of her daughter, went to the door to look for her. Close around the hut was thick darkness. But what was that bobbing light that streamed across the water? Who knows? The witch's heart sank as all at once it flashed upon her what had happened. Is that you, Pinkle? cried she. And the youth answered, Yes, dear mother, it is I. Oh, Pinkle... You don't have to, you can... And are you not a knave for robbing me? Said she. Truly I am, replied Pinkle, rowing faster than ever, for he was half afraid that the witch might come after him. But she had no power on the water and turned angrily into the hut, muttering to herself all the while. Yeah, call call Pinkle a thief, but don't call him a liar. That's right. Take care, take care. A second time you will not escape so easily. The sun had not yet risen when Pinkle returned to the palace and entered the king's chamber. And he held up the lantern so that its rays might fall upon the bed. In an instant, the king awoke, and seeing the golden lantern shedding its light upon him, he sprang up and embraced Pinkle with joy. Oh, cunning one! What treasure hast thou brought me? And calling for his attendants, he ordered that, that rooms next his own should be prepared for Pinkle, and that the youth might enter in his presence at any hour. And besides this, he was to have a seat on the council. Nice. So this might easily be guessed that all this made the brothers more envious than they were before. Wait, hold on. His reward is that he has to be in more meetings? Yep, he gets to go to meetings. Oh. And they cast about in their minds afresh how they might destroy him. At length, they remembered the goat with golden horns and the bells, and they rejoiced. For, they said, this time the old woman will be on the watch and let him be as clever as he likes. The bells and the horns are sure to warn her. So it went as before the king came down to the stables and praised the cleverness of their brother. The young man told them of that other marvel possessed by the witch, the goat with the golden horns. From this moment, the king never closed his eyes at night for longing after this wonderful creature. He understood something of the danger that there might be in trying to steal it, now that the witch's suspicions were aroused, and he spent hours in making plans for outwitting her. Mm -hmm. But somehow, he never could think of anything that would do, and at last, as the brothers had foreseen, he sent for Pinkle. Oh, dear. I hear, he said, that the old witch on the island is a goat with golden horns from which hang bells that tinkle the sweetest music. That goat I must have. But tell me, how am I to get it? Mm-hmm. I would give the third part of my kingdom to anyone who would bring it to me. Oh, wow. I'll he really it. wants a goat. Yeah, with golden horns, man. Okay. I'll fetch it myself, answered Pinkle. This time it was easier for Pinkle to approach the island unseen, as there was no golden lantern to throw its beams over the water. I like Pinkle's confidence. I agree. He's just like, yeah, I'm I'm game. Let's go. <laughs> I, he knows what he's going to do. He's no, he knows he's going to get it. He knows he's going to get the kingdom. It's great. Go, Pinkle. But on the other hand, the goat slept inside the hut and would therefore have to be taken from under the, ve- the very eyes of the old woman. I take it back. Let's not. This is a bad plan. <laughs> yeah. How was he to do it? 
All the way across the lake, he thought and thought and thought, till at length a plan came into his head, which seemed as if it might do, though he knew it would be difficult. The first thing he did when he reached the shore was to look about for a piece of wood, and when he'd found it, he hid himself close to the hut, till it grew quite dark and near the hour when the witch and her daughter went to bed. Then he crept up and fixed the wood under the door, which opened outwards, in such a manner that the more you tried to shut it, the more firmly it stuck. And this was what happened when the girl went as usual to bolt the door and make all fast for the night. "'What are you doing?' asked the witch as her daughter kept tugging at the handle. "'There's something the matter with the door. It won't shut,' answered she. "'Well, leave it alone. There's nobody to hurt us,' said the witch, who was very sleepy and clearly forgot about their previous adventure with, with the boy. Mm -hmm. And the girl did as she was bid and went to bed. Very soon they might have been heard snoring, and Pinkle knew that this time was come. Slipping off his shoes, he stole into the hut on tiptoe, and taking from his pocket some food of which the goat was fond, I don't know how he knew, he laid it under his nose. And then while the animal was eating it, he stuffed each golden bell with wool, which he had also brought with him, stopping every minute to listen, Smart. lest the witch should waken, and he should find himself changed into some dreadful bird or beast. But the snoring still continued, and he went on with his work as quickly as he could. When the last bell was done, he drew another handful of food out of his pocket and held it out to the goat, which instantly rose to his feet and followed Pingle, who backed slowly to the door. And directly he got outside, he seized the goat in his arms and ran down to the place where he had moored his boat. And as soon as he had reached the middle of the lake, Pingle took the wool out of the bells, which began to tinkle loudly. And their sound woke the witch who cried out as before, Pingle! Wait. Yes, it is I, said Pingle. Have you stolen my goat? asked she. <laughs> yes, I have, answered Pingle. Are you not a knave? Yes, I am, he replied, and the old witch shouted in a rage. Ah, beware how you come hither again, for next time you will not escape. But Pinkle laughed. The king was so delighted with the goat that he always kept it by his side, night and day. And as he had promised, Pinkle was made ruler over the third part of the kingdom. And, of course, the brothers were more furious than ever. How can we get rid of him, they said. And at length they remembered the golden cloak. You will need to be clever to steal that, they cried. And when next the king came to see the horses, they began to speak of Pinkle and his cunning and how he contrived to steal the lantern and the goat, and he would be clearly able to get the golden cloak. The golden cloak? What is that? said the king. And they described it. Ah, he's probably not interested. And he declared that he should never know a day's happiness till he had wrapped the cloak around his own shoulders. So, and the man who brings it to me shall wed my daughter and shall inherit the throne. None can get it save Pinkle, said they, for they didn't imagine that the witch, after two warnings, could allow their brother to escape a third time. So Pinkle was sent for, and with a glad heart, he set out. He spent many hours inventing a plan till he had a scheme ready which he thought might prove successful. Thrusting a large bag inside his coat, he pushed off from the shore, taking care this time to reach the island in daylight. Having made his boat fast to a tree, he walked up to the hut, hanging his head, and putting on a face that was both sorrowful and ashamed. Is that you, Pinkle? asked the witch when she saw him, her eyes gleaming savagely. Yes, it is I, answered Pinkle. So you have dared, after all you have done, to put yourself in my power, cried she. Well, you shan't escape me this time. And she took down a large knife and began to sharpen it. Oh, spare me, shrieked Pinkle, falling on his knees and looking wildly about him. Spare you, a thief? Where are my lantern and my goat? No, not. There is only one fare for robbers. Mm. And she brandished the knife in the air so that it glittered in the firelight. She, he's going to be stew. Then if I must die, said Pinkle, let me at least choose the manner of my death. I am very hungry, for I've had nothing to eat all day. Put some poison, if you like, into the porridge, but at least let me have a good meal before I die. Oh, wow. That is not a bad idea, answered the woman. As long as you die, it shall all be it's all one to me. And ladling out a large bowl of porridge, she stirred some poisonous herbs into it and set about work that, that had to be done. 
Then Pinkle hastily poured all the contents of the bowl into his bag and made a great noise with his spoon as if he was scraping up the last morsel. Poisoned or not, this porridge is excellent. I've eaten it. <laughs> Every scrap. Do give me some more, said Pinkle, turning toward her. Well, you have a fine appetite, young man, answered the witch. However, it is the last time you will ever eat it, so I'll give you another bowlful. Then rubbing in the poisonous herbs, she poured out, out half of what remained. That and then seems... went to the window to call her cat. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like it would be a good Yelp review, you know, for the for the old lady house. It's like, poison or not, this porridge was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> or just any restaurant. Yeah, exactly. In an instant, Pinkle again emptied the porridge into the bag, and the next minute he rolled on the floor, twisting about him as if in agony, uttering loud groans the while. Suddenly he grew silent and lay still. Ah, I thought the second dose of that poison would be too much for you, said the witch. I warned you what would happen if you came back. I wish that all thieves were as dead as you, but why does not my lazy girl bring the wood I sent for her? It will soon be too dark for her to find her way. I suppose I must go and search for her. What a trouble girls are. And she went to the door to watch if there were any signs of her daughter. But nothing could be seen of her, and the heavy rain was falling. It is, no, it is no night for my cloak, she muttered. It would be covered with mud by the time I got it back. So she took it off her shoulders and hung it carefully up in a cupboard in the room. After that, she put on her clogs and started to seek her daughter. And that was the most Scandinavian sentence that I've read in the whole story. <laughs> Directly, the last, sound of, the last sound of the clogs had ceased. Pinkle jumped up and took down the cloak and rode off as fast as he could. He had not gone far off when a puff of wind unfolded the cloak, and its brightness shed gleams across the water. The witch, who was just entering the forest, turned round at that moment and saw the golden rays. She forgot all about her daughter and ran down to the shore, screaming with rage at being outwitted a third time. Is that you, Pinkle? she cried. Yes, it is I. Have you taken my gold cloak? <laughs> yes, I have. Are you not a great knave? Oh, yes, I am. And so indeed he was. But all the same, he carried the cloak to the king's palace, and in return he received the hand of the king's daughter in marriage. People said that it was the bride who, who ought to have worn the cloak at her wedding feast, but the king was so pleased with it that he would not part from it. And to the end of his life, he was never seen without it. After his death, Pinkle became the king, and let up hope that he gave up his bad and thievish ways and ruled his subjects well. As for his brothers, he didn't punish them, but left them in the stables, where they grumbled all day long. That was excellent. <laughs> What's that story called? Pinkle? Pinkle the Thief. Okay, so Pinkle the Thief is in fact the thief. And the witch, being the de facto bad guy by being a witch, isn't really the bad guy at all. She just wants to not get robbed. Right. And he becomes the king. Right. And yeah. you know one thing that we never heard about again, though? Was the mother. Did the mother come then to the kingdom and become the helper of... Doesn't sound like it. Or maybe maybe it just goes without saying. Pinkle. What a rise Pinkle had. I know. I know. What, <laughs> lots, lots to think about with this story. <laughs> the king... I, I wonder if the king was buried in the cloak. <laughs> he did not want to part with that cloak. And just like light shining out of, the, out of his... Kind of My favorite part was when he finally he stole the goat and it said he picked it up and carried it. So wow, Pinkle's My either part was when she put on clogs. Well, I liked when um, I liked when he got down to his boat and he took the cotton out of the bells. He could have left the cotton in the yeah, bells. Very clever. He's like taunting. He's like, but, by yeah. the way, ding ding. I'm smart. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. Oh man. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of story time. Up next is a very special edition of. Uh, conversation time? Author time. Okay. 
it is time for a very special edition of of a surprise edition, dare I say, of our conversation. I was going to say, Graham, I don't know. Yeah, Graham knows nothing about who this. the guest he is. He doesn't know the guest. He does not know the guest. Okay. This week's, I'm going to give you some, give you some hints. Okay. Okay. This week's guest is a human male. Okay. He uh, is, I've narrowed it, it down 50%. He is in his 30s. Okay, most of our guests are. That's he not... speaks English. Again, yeah, most of our guests. This Say, week's guest is Canadian. Oh, we've had a couple of those. He likes hockey and cream soda and black <laughs> and white movies and long walks on the beach. Okay, okay. He is a creative person, but sometimes draws really scary stuff. Okay. Uh, he is, Graham, the mind behind such tortured creatures as Wet Jim... Frank the Pigeon Farmer, Joe the Pigeon Farmer, and uh, hamsters who drive cars. Into garages? Yeah. I think you're talking about me. Uh, You are this week's very special guest. Surprise! (laughs) Wow. Okay. All right. uh, We're going to talk about that book I wrote. Uh, well, I've got lots of questions for you. We have plenty of questions from the kids, actually. Oh, really? So, okay. Um, yeah, okay. Because, so, by uh, the way, I didn't write a book. Are you ready, though? And I'm not an author. Are you, are you ready, though? <sighs> Fine. Okay. So, um, Graham, real quick, real quick. Okay. Uh, cook, uh, Doritos or Cheetos? Uh, blue Doritos. Cookies or cake? No, uh, 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 <sighs> both. But cookie cake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, salty or uh, sweet? Sweet. Pizza or pizza? I've always. Okay. Now, here's what I'd like to know. In my writing process. We, we Let me a, tell you. We have, we have a question here from yeah. Jackson. You write about very heavy moments in historical events. <laughs> Is it ever hard to cope with the weight of the task? Why do you choose? Oh, wait. No, that's the wrong one. Oh, Jackson. Let me tell you. Okay. Oh, uh, right. Graham, here's, this is the real one. What are your favorite books as a kid? Oh, this is a real question. Uh, uh, Narnia. Okay. Uh, there's seven of those. I'm counting those as seven. Okay. Um, because there's seven. That makes sense <laughs> that you would do that. I don't yeah, know why I need to count them as a lot, many of the, um, them. There was books called uh, The Sideways Stories of Wayside School. So the Wayside School Oh, yeah, School by uh, the guy who wrote Holes. Louis Sekar? That's correct. What else? What other books did I love? I mean, I loved, I loved um, Middle Earth. I loved, I loved Tolkien. Okay, Graham, here's a good one for you. This is from Catherine. What do you find easier, illustrating or writing? Oh, wait, that's not for oh, you. Oh, Catherine. You can answer it's, it. Um, I, I find them both torturous. Uh, did you always I mean, did you always want to be a writer? Always. Uh, <laughs> wait, that's not for you either. Uh, okay, Torin wants to know if you could go back to any place in the time, which decade would it be? Oh, which decade? Uh, uh, eleven eleven hundred sixties. Eleven? Why? I just want to see if the sixties are like always groovy <laughs> through each century. You know, if that's just a, like a definitive thing of the sixties. But to be fair, if you go to the eleven sixties and it's yeah. not, that doesn't mean that like the eighteen sixties and the seventeen sixties and the twelve sixties. It would be the first step in a test. True. Okay. True. True. Okay. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite character from one of your own books? Wet Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, nailed yeah. it. Okay, uh, from Finn. What is your opinion on fruit? And do you like any video games? Finn, you know that. I, 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 okay, I love fruit. I love video games. What's your favorite fruity video game? My, I, I don't know that. Uh, some of our, I bet Ben Hatkey would know that. I bet um, Johnny Jimison would know that. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. But I love stone fruits. So give me a plum and a um, and a peach. What were your favorite, favorite video games to play, to play when you were a kid or now? Legend of Zelda. I really like that. I like Street Fighter. 
I liked the fighting games. I like um, Metal Gear Solid. I liked RPGs, like Final Fantasy. Uh, I like Mario. Okay, enough of that. If you had to choose one thing to say from a burning house, not a person or a pet, what would it be? This is from Eliana. I like Pac-Man. Um, I like the sports games. I really like Madden and hockey. Okay, enough of that. If you had to choose one thing to say from a burning house, not a person or a pet, what would it be? (laughs) There's a game called The Sims. That's really fun where you like, um, same with Minecraft. You like build things and uh, it's like these very large, (laughs) expansive games. I like those. Enough of that. Warcraft. If you had to choose one thing to say from a burning house, (laughs) (laughs) Not a person or a pet. What would it be? I don't. This question's not fun. I mean, it's fun if you have something, but I feel like our authors have the same thing I would. It's like, I want to grab my computer because it has my files. I want to grab my photos. Yeah, Let me yeah. think of something interesting. Is there something I have that is like, I've got lots of signed books um, okay. by lots of different authors like Wendell Berry. I've signed Wendell Berry books. I've signed um, uh, Edward Gorey illustrated stuff. I have... Mm. Uh, I've I've got I've just got a lot of signed books, so I would grab all of those, grab and put them those. in a box. There you go. Okay, all right, Graham. Yeah, uh, we have quiz. Okay, okay. We have an author quiz. I like how fast this is. This interview is going. We're almost <laughs> to the end. This is good because I'm pretty sure that you've confused something here because I'm not an, an author or a book illustrator. But okay, okay, the quiz. Let's go. Okay. Which of the following authors that we had on this show mm. is the best? No. <laughs> Just kidding. No. Just kidding. I'm not going to ask that question. <laughs> Which of the following children in your house is the best? Oh, my word. Okay. I'm not going to ask that either. But you don't have a quiz. Which of the following... <laughs> Which of the following quizzes... Oh, would you okay no no which of the following topics for this actually is the quiz which of the following topics for a quiz would you most like to be quizzed on okay Okay, are you ready yeah star wars okay specifically wookie life oh on kashik so clearly that one (laughs) b the toronto maple leafs oh specifically the years that they've won oh 1967 okay let's go back in the 50s and 40s cheerwine Specifically, my glass of cheer wine right here. Your glass, your glass currently is yours. Yes, yes. yes. soon to be mine. Yes, right. Okay, right. and finally, lamps. Ooh, I do like a lamp. Let's go with lamps. Okay, so you would choose of all those things, you would choose to be quizzed on lamps. Yeah, because I know a lot about the other three. I'd like to learn, you know, get some new knowledge. Okay, question two of the quiz. Which of the following <laughs> topics would you least like to be quizzed about? Oh, out of those? Yes. No, 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 no. Of the following options. Oh, okay. Okay. My glass of cheer wine mm-hmm. right in front of me. Yes. Okay. Your inner life. Oh, interesting. Okay. The creative endeavors of Pablo Picasso. Okay. He endeavored a lot. Light bulbs. <laughs> Okay, so I'm into the lamps. Am I into the bulbs? I don't think I am. I think I'm more about the... the Lamps are great, but man, cut it off at light bulbs. Cut it off at bulbs. We don't need them to do their job. We just need them to look a certain way. Okay, so it's all about the art, you're saying. It's all about the art, not the function. Okay, okay. Go on. No. Say more about that. <laughs> no, I, I, I think I'm going with the cheer wine. I'm not that interested in your glass of cheer wine, unless you're giving it to me. I don't want to answer questions about it. It'll just make me want it more. Okay. 
Final question of the quiz. Okay. <laughs> okay. Which of the following things would you least like to ingest? That means eat or drink. Yes. My glass of cheer wine. Mm-hmm. A light bulb. Mm-hmm. A lamp. What? Or your <laughs> inner life. <laughs> I've already ingested my inner life. It's currently living inside of me. Or is it? Or am I tapping into it? Some ethereal cloud of inner life that's outer. Anyway. My mind just was blown. I, I, I would I like to eat a light bulb? I'd be curious. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wouldn't say no. I'd like to eat a lamp. Lamp? Eating a lamp? Okay, it doesn't sound... Okay, hear me out. It does not sound pleasant. However, it would be a really cool anecdote. Like, if you were ever talking about lamps, if lamps get brought up in conversation around you, you have, like, in your back pocket, you know, you could drop it at any time. Mm. You know, I've eaten one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and then people will look at you. All right. So, I think the answer is the cheer wine. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. It's kind of room temperature at this point. <laughs> I'd rather have the lamp. That's a great, <laughs> that's a great point. Okay. Um, Graham, what is the greatest gift you ever got for Christmas? <sighs> Short list. Uh, when I was younger, I really liked micro machines. And so anything to do with micro machines kind of put, put it over the edge. I like remote control things too. It was the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had like a remote control Ferrari. That was really cool. And then I remember getting like a gigantic Nerf gun, um, called the Ballzooka. Mm, mm. And then you would load it with Nerf balls, like 20 of them. Oh. And you could just like pump action, shoot them, bam, 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 bam. bam and they hurt. And I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. But funny thing. Not that long ago, I found a Christmas list that I made in 1993. Where did you find that? Like in a box of memorabilia. Um, <laughs> How'd that Christmas go? So my parents gave me like a bunch of papers and stuff of mine that they had kept for a long time. And this Christmas list was in there. And it looks like it was just made. Like I decorated it with ivy and like colors. And it looks like bright it looks awesome. It's mostly all Star Wars stuff. You know what? I'm going to take a photo of it. And I'm going to post it on our Goldberry Studios Instagram page. So people can go see what nice. eight-year-old Graham wanted in 1993 for Christmas. Nice, nice, nice. And um, I think I got it was so long ago that there wasn't even power. So all of those things are just like sun operated. So <laughs> it's solar, a sun, They're it's solar a, powered. It's a sundial. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Prunes. Sun chips. Prunes. No, plums, so I could put them in the sun to make prunes. <laughs> yeah, grapes. Yeah. Uh, grapes. Make some raisins. Um, uh, what else? You know, just a rock to look at. This is what we did in the 90s. Okay, Graham, I've got two questions for you left. But then also video games. So there's like games like um, Breath, of, <laughs> Breath of Fire. That was a really good one. Uh, if you go back to like the really early fighting ones, like Streets of Rage and Double Dragon, and they they even made one that was like very similar to those, but it was Ninja Turtles and it was Turtles in Time and it was a side scrolling fighting game and you would walk through and, and a lot of the foot soldiers, like it got a little bit old because they all fought exactly the same way. They're just different colors that would come at you. 
but uh, and I guess your fighting style was always the same. But you did get to choose between the turtles. So sometimes you could choose the nunchucks with Michelangelo. Um, but anyway, that was a good one. What was the question? <laughs> Hello. Oh, oh wait, sorry. Sorry. Uh, if you could go on vacation to any place with Gargalhauser, where would you go? With Gargle with Gargalhauser? Okay, he's so, a key important part of this. Here's vacation. the thing. Precisely, primarily because he's going to be there. If you take the a troll, yeah, I'm going to say any troll, yep, specifically Gargalhauser yep. though. If you take a troll somewhere, if it's somewhere you like, he is not going to like it. If it's somewhere he likes. You are not going to like it. So the question is, mm. do you go somewhere you really like with someone who is going to complain the whole time? Or do you go somewhere you don't like with somebody who is excited to be there? So mm. I guess if we're going with him, I would probably choose the latter. I don't want to go to like a place I really want to with somebody who's a big, big, big wet Bummer. blanket. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'd rather go to some spelunking cave with Gargolhauser, who I know is going to not lose his way maybe make you friends. want to take him to a spelunking cave so he won't be a wet blanket he's at least going to be happy you want to take him sp- uh, yeah okay yeah well right. not like spelunking to the center of the earth well he would like that but <laughs> I, I i don't want to get too far underground mm. fair yeah you're right um, no i think your your logic is good here maybe your take him wait, what if what if it was like one of those caves with like the ancient uh cave paintings mm. i get to see that mm. he's happy because he's in a cave mm. I think we just found the answer. So then there's also FIFA and there's Madden and there's Major League Baseball video games well, and then games. there's soccer games and then there's hockey no, games and there's NHL yeah. but there's there's NH, there's FIFA 91, FIFA 92, uh-huh. FIFA 93. Where I think are you going next? 94 you go- might have been skipped for all I know. No, it was a good one. There was a big one. There was a big jump in quality <laughs> in like 2005. Yeah, PlayStation 2. six and then seven and then eight. And the, you know, really the Maddens were the powerful ones for me though. Mm. Um, well, we've come to the end of this, this author interview and uh, we'll be back with Riddle time <laughs> there's nfl blitz blades of glory okay we are back and yeah. uh man that was weird i didn't know i was gonna be the guest i know i know you didn't oh, we okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh because of that happened for a number of reasons one, I thought people might like to get to know you a little bit better. I yeah. think it was a vast, vast failure. I think it was just a huge failure in understanding, no, getting to know you. I got a whole lot more video games that I could talk about. Uh, so then, um, so then, the other problem was this guest that we have coming on later. We had to push back. Oh, they got bumped because of the rules. The rules. Those this, rules. The special guest with the secret guest we have coming on later in early December. So, so we got a short. This was a shortened episode, which is probably still pretty long. Yeah, I don't think it's really going to be shorter. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, so so. And so then I thought, let's just surprise Graham with... And everybody else. A whole bunch of questions about nonsense, because that's what we do on this podcast. I'm glad they weren't all specific to those other authors that you were just pulling questions (laughs) from. I do have one serious question for you, actually. Okay. Do you have any advice for kids who want to be artists? Hmm. Okay. So we've had, what, six or seven illustrators on? Maybe getting close to ten? Yeah. I think they've all given pretty much this the same or similar advice and it's very good yeah okay so look for the things look for images look for whether they're photographs whether they're designs or paintings that you really like um, or you feel like drawn toward and don't just give them a passing glance it's very difficult um 
with the amount of data that we kind of like input all the time into our brains, yeah. especially, I would say more and more, almost exponentially more and more with the amount of screens we have to just like scroll through past things, keep going, keep going. Yeah, yeah. It's very hard to be um, observant mm. and to meditate on something. So if you find something you really like, don't just give it a pa passing glance, put it up on your wall, make a little board. Like a up, uh, what do that call that? <laughs> like a mood board, like an inspiration. Yeah, I board guess. Or but what is, what is the actual thing? You put your oh, bulletin push board, bulletin board. Yeah, make a little like bulletin board of like your favorite stuff. Yeah, um, or just it, it could be anything that things you that think, kind of inspire you, or, yeah. yeah, or that you're like, I wish I could draw like that, or I wish I could take that kind of photo. So, can I ask you a question? Yeah. What kind of things like you were you were kind of joking about lamps earlier and like mm -hmm. liking the. The design the board, style, the design, yeah. What are some things in the world that you think are designed really well that kind of inspire you? This is interesting. I'm going to change the question. Um, I'm going to change it a little bit. Hey, it's your podcast too. <laughs> if I could like form a collection of of things that I like mm -hmm. because of their design, uh, I think that would be one very cool to do yeah because then you could show it off to people who don't care right <laughs> um, but at least they'd be like that's that interesting guy who collects bowls um so actually ceramics i'm empty two liter bottles ceramics i'm very um impressed by when they're like done really well because i feel like the shape so pottery pottery and yeah mugs yeah like stuff that the shape is interesting the material is interesting the design is interesting the mm. glaze they can look so different yeah, yeah um watches i think are awesome watches would be one for me that's like those get pricey though that's the problem that is a problem unless you are very savvy i just got a new watch see that's beautiful so that's a good like mar marriage of like function very functional Something that's very functional and wearable. Yeah. That's art. Um, that's and like people have their own style. Mm. And like collectors have their own styles that they gravitate toward. And right. there's stories with some of like, like that's this true. one was only made for two months in 1954 by this German company. And they were only made 30 of them. And everybody loves them because of this one feature that no other watch has. It's just so cool. So I think like... Um, I just listed a couple small things, but I also like, like, I'm not a huge car person, but when you see a classic car, um, yeah. some of them you'd be like, Ugh. Yeah, no right. wonder people don't drive that anymore. And then other times you're like, wow. Yeah. Um, so just any, I mean, you chairs for me, I, if I, that's something that, if, oh, I, that's had, a good if one. I was very, very rich and I could buy just whatever I wanted, I'd probably buy really cool chairs. So this is like fascinating because if you think about anything that people make, They've made decisions about it, whether that decision is I'm going to make this the most beautiful thing I could possibly make, or maybe the decision is how can I make a ton of money and make the most standard boring the, thing the, you could possibly cheap make to produce. Yeah. And, yeah. But we interact with both of those types or of things. Or sometimes it could be how do I make this thing the most user friendly or the most comfortable? Sure. Yeah. And then the really great things are like that, where it's like, how do I make this the best functioning thing possible? And also hone in to make it the most beautiful version of that thing. And people do that over centuries, different companies. Hmm. Those are like the companies that have stuck around, luxury companies. We were mm -hmm. talking about watches. That's like Rolex and uh, the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. But yeah, that's... The one that I'm interested in right now is Hamilton watches. But Ooh. anyway, um, 
You know what else has uh, withstood the test of 100 plus years of design? With you, Wendell. Trains. Oh, Which true. Which brings us to last week's riddle. Because last week's riddle was about two, was about a couple who were train on a train journey across England. And they had such regular names, which is unusual for our podcast, that I can't remember their names. If they were outlandish, I would remember them, but I don't. So this couple, no, brother, sister, these two people yeah. were going from, let me see if I can remember, Pepper Hattie's York yep. to Oxford. Yep. On They're taking a train. Electric train. Southbound train, electric train. So the question was, which direction was the steam going? And Graham, what was the answer? I think you said smoke, but it doesn't matter. Steam, smoke, whatever. It didn't have either of those because it was an electric train. It had no exhaust. I know. No, being, no smoke. Is it too, are we just being too tricky at this point? Just like too sneaky? Mm, the kids get it? Lots of them. The kids got it. Yeah, our them. listeners are smart. Are smart. <laughs> um, so remember that if you got the answer to this week's riddle correct and you emailed it in, you will get entered into the bucket of season four winners out of which will be chosen a winner uh, at the end of the season who win a book bundle. And that will be the same for anybody who gets this next riddle correct. This one's not not real long, but... You're going to need to listen closely. Are you ready, Graham? Let's go. For this week's riddle? Mm-hmm. Okay. I want you to imagine a jungle. Ooh. Okay. In this jungle is a monkey, mm-hmm. a squirrel, whatever a jungle squirrel looks like, and a bird. Okay. Toucan. I'm going to say toucan. Yeah, okay. Okay. So there's a monkey, a squirrel, and a toucan. Speaking of which, have you seen a toucan skeleton? Uh, no. It's incredible. Anyway. Go on. I, I'm going to look this up afterwards. I'll get you uh, one for Christmas. Thank it's you. Fine. Oh, that would be the greatest thing I've ever gotten. Um, and also the most unstorable. Okay, so monkey and the squirrel and a bird. And they're, they're on a race. They're running around the jungle. And it's, it's, uh-huh. um, it's like the Jungle Olympics that day. Oh, fun. And the, the end of the race is, can you guess? Uh, Amazon, the the river, the top of a coconut tree. <laughs> okay, close. So they they're starting by the river. Seems it seems uh it seems like it gives an advantage to. Anyway, go right, on. So they're, so they're at the top. They they have a path, and each of their skill sets, like the bird, can't just go up to the top and fly over. He, the bird still has its own path that it has to follow to, to even wow. things out a little this bit. This is a depth. So there, let me guess, the squirrel falls asleep, the monkey falls asleep, and then the tortoise walks ahead. Don't know, because that's the question. Who will get to the top of the coconut tree oh. to claim the prize? And I just threw some confusion in there. There's no tortoise. Okay. There's this monkey, a squirrel, and a bird, and they're on a race, and they're racing at the top of a tree, and at the top of the tree, they're trying to find a banana. The banana is the prize. Mm-hmm. So who will go to the top of the tree and get the banana first? The monkey, the squirrel, or the bird. Oh, I love this because I don't, I have no idea. Oh, this is cool. Okay. All right. So the monkey, the squirrel, and the bird are racing to the top of the coconut tree trying to get the banana first. And who will get them, get there first? That's the question. Nice. So if you think you know the answer to this week's riddle, you can email us at podcasts at goldberrybooks.com. And as we said, if you get it right, you will be entered into the pot of names from which will be drawn out of the smoking cauldron of season four, mm-hmm. a winner. A For book a book bundle. bundle. It's, uh, should we tell the kids that it's books nobody wants? Like it's uh, it's moldy old stinky books that you found in the basement of the bookstore and no, Gargohauser's that he's like been laying on and we won't tell them you that. Know, we won't they're, tell they're free anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are nice, good, clean 
uh, new, beautiful, fun, regular books. books. Yes. Uh, well, okay, Graham, that brings us to the end of this episode. Oh, this is a good one. I hope. So, some hope. twists, some couple turns. turns. Yep. Yep. And uh, in the end, it's all about the video games we played together. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we've got uh, a great episode coming up next week, and then we're going to take a little break, so don't forget about that. But um, for Grant Pittman, I'm David Kern. Till next time, happy reading. And there's Donkey Kong Country, and we've got Illusion of Gaia. We've got Contra, and then there's Castlevania, and then there's Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy Kong's Revenge.